Feeling stuck in your fitness journey? Join me, Coach Gill, today as we unravel the secrets to breaking through plateaus and achieving new heights in your health and wellness journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Build Your Body and Mind podcast. I'm your host, Coach Gill, and today's topic is one that many of us can relate to, navigating fitness plateaus. Whether you're trying to shed those last few pounds, gain muscle, or improve your endurance, hitting a plateau can be frustrating. But fear not. I've got expert insights and strategies to help you push through and reignite your fitness flame. Stick around for the next 15 to 20 minutes as I dive deep into this common challenge and explore effective ways to overcome it. So, let's start out. First, do we even know what a plateau is, a fitness plateau? Well, what is it? When we reach a fitness plateau... It's pretty much a leveling off of your strength progress. It usually occurs around four to six months into a fitness routine. The solution is not to give up the routine. It's more to change things up. So the next question is, how do we know we've hit a plateau? Well, and first of all, this happens to everyone. Um, First of all, You're not tired after your workout routine. It felt pretty easy. Your weight loss or your progress as far as reaching uh, your training goals, the progress towards your goals has come to a halt. And the current weight, if it's weight training, the current weight you are lifting or your workouts in general are not particularly interesting and you're losing interest. Which is also, you know, if everything is easy, then, of course, you would lose interest. You've hit a plateau. So, first, we'll look at some of the reasons behind plateaus. Again, this happens to everyone. And I should say, first and foremost, overtraining hampers performance, causing a plateau or decline in progress. You may find you have decreased strength, agility, and endurance. You can also feel tired and sluggish. And and I want to reemphasize unmotivated. Next, uh, nutrition plays a crucial role in breaking through and making progress. It's important to fuel your body with healthy whole foods, proteins, carbohydrates, and healthy fats. You really need to try to avoid processed foods, trans fats, sugar in all its forms, and anything that really is transformed. Try to to have food at its wholest, purest form. What I would suggest, and by the way, everybody's different on this subject when it comes to nutrition. Everyone is different, but to help with your nutritional plans just fueling is first and when i say fueling it what hap- it's what happens before you start your workout and what happens when you finish training so you should have a pre-workout plan and meal and i would say um let's just imagine you do your workouts in the morning you should have a little something light 
uh, first thing when you get up, you have coffee, and I typically like a banana. That's that's good. And then an hour before, I will have two hard-boiled eggs. Now, eggs, I know, are not carbohydrates. It's protein. And this is where I say we're all different. So if I'm going to go on a long bike ride, no matter what how long the ride is, I will have coffee, maybe a banana, and then soon before, two hard-boiled eggs. And that is for me. My stomach seems to like it when I line it with uh, protein first. And be, and I do this because I know when I get on the bike, I'm going to have a drink that is carbohydrate-rich. So, yes, the carbohydrates are very important for energy. I know that, but soon after, at about 30 minutes into a ride, I'm going to start taking in liquids rich in carbohydrates and the protein. Just carbohydrates and protein work well together. Hmm? Uh, if it's important you have energy, a little bit of protein helps get the carbohydrates to your muscles faster. Next, when you finish, you should have a post-workout meal. And that should be within 30 minutes of finishing your workout. This is because you're at a prime point when it's time to recover. And carbohydrates are perfect for that. So it should be a little carbohydrate. And as such, I do think with a little bit of protein. So for me, if it's been a long ride, my go-to food is roasted potatoes with heart with a, well, sorry, fried eggs on top, a little bit of bacon. That's my go-to post-workout meal. I deserve it after all that work. Um, it doesn't matter. It's up to you and how your body operates. Some people, they need a bigger breakfast or they don't need as much afterwards, but have a plan. All right, and don't forget the fats. I didn't mention fat, but yeah, you should have a little bit of fat as well. Fat Eating fat is not going to make you fat. Eating fat is going to help balance your hormones. It also helps with keeping your joints and articulations hydrated, so lubricated. So we have to eat good fats if we can. And, of course, make sure you get enough water throughout the day and Prioritize sleep. Sleep is key through all of this. I'm, I'm going to talk about sleep a lot during this podcast. All right. Now, now that we've understand the plateauing, we're going to talk a little bit about adapting our workout routine. So really the key with adapting your workout routine is we have to keep our body guessing. I think our brains and our bodies work nonstop trying to Predict what's going to happen so it can be more efficient. And that's why you're reaching the plateau in the first place. Your body has gotten used to the routine that you've been doing. And after four months, it's figured it out. It's just going through the motions. Uh, It's not advancing. It's not challenging. So that way your body is doing the least amount of work necessary to do the thing that you're trying to make it do. It's gotten too efficient. That is why... We need to change things up regularly. There is a term in training called periodization, which I'm not always good at pronouncing. Um, And periodization training is when you plan out workout and recovery intervals over an extended period of time. The idea is you push yourself hard for two to three weeks Then you take one week for recovery, where you do light workouts to give your body a chance to repair. 
That doesn't mean take off for a week. You are going to follow the same if you work out Monday through Friday. You're still going to do your workouts Monday through Friday, maybe one extra day off. But you're going to have less intensity during, and the workouts will, the training will be shorter sessions during that rest week. When you do that, yes, you give your body a chance to recover, but then it's fresh and ready to tackle new things. So then after that recovery week, you're going to have another block of two to three weeks where you'll work hard and you will progress. So so the, the, that next block, you're going to increase maybe the intensity or the duration. And that is how you are going to see progress. So after that second block of two to three weeks, you're going to take a week off and it's going to be the same thing. You're still working out. You're still doing your training, but it is lighter. That is periodization training. Next, within that block, within those blocks that you're doing, you're going to vary things up. You want to, again, your your body has gotten used to your muscles, your joints. They've gotten used to all your little moves. So when you do the next block, you're going to have different exercises, doing different things, challenging different muscles. When you challenge just different muscle groups, or like I said, increase the volume, how much you're doing, the duration, how long the training is, or the intensity, whether it's lifting heavier weight or on the bike you're climbing steeper hills. When you do those things, that helps you make progress, and it's called progressive overload. You're challenging those muscles with frequency, volume, and intensity. And within that, also, why not? Did people say this? I know you hear it all the time, cross-training. So cross-training is when if your main sport is running, then you're going to do a different sport that has nothing to do with running. Maybe you take up tennis. Or if you're a triathlete and all you do is swim, bike, run, that would be me. Well, it's wintertime. Why not take up some skiing? Just a little bit of something else where you're moving your body. You're forcing your body to do new things. And that keeps your body guessing, and that's how you break through a plateau. Next, I'm getting back to, I touched on nutrition before, but nutrition is, I think nutrition is definitely underrated when it comes to sport training and definitely endurance sport. Um, And again, everybody's different. So This is something where you must, and that is the point of fine-tuning your nutrition. You're going to constantly be tinkering with what nutrition strategy works best for you. And also, it depends on what phase of life you're going through as well. So, basically, I guess every month, you evaluate and adjust your caloric intake according to how much sport you're doing uh, or how little sport you're doing. And how you're saying how your progress are going or, or lack of progress. I also want to mention, well, re-mention the importance of macronutrients, and those are again your proteins, carbs, and fats. You need those three. Um, you need, I guess, the majority. What is carbohydrate? Then probably a third more more protein and then you've got a little bit of fat not too much but you you, you definitely need fat um, and as long as you're eating good fats they're not going to make you fat now one thing you can try that will help your body is intermittent fasting 
Intermittent fasting can benefit heart health, reduce inflammation, improve cellular repair, and burn fat. And you might have you may have seen this somewhere people say 16:8. So the idea is you fast for 16 hours, you don't eat anything, you only drink liquids, and then uh there the in that within that 8-hour window, that's when you eat. So for example, maybe you would not eat until 11 a.m. And at 11 a.m. you would have a little meal. Then maybe the next meal would be at 3, and that would be like lunch. And then you would have dinner at 7 p.m., and you'd be certain to go to bed after 10. That is the 16-8 rule. Um, I, I find that a little... that's a little drastic at first, I would suggest trying, just try 12 hours of fasting, whereas you drink liquids whenever you want that are non-caloric, and then you have a window, a 12-hour window to eat, so from 8 a.m., if you work all day from 8 a.m., and just make sure you get your dinner before 8 p.m., And but with that rule, I would say, if you're going to do the 12-hour uh, window, just be certain that after you've eaten dinner, you stay up for three hours. You don't go to bed before then. That that allows your body to digest. And then maybe little by little, you work it down to eight hours. That would be the only... I, I'm not really a big fan of diets or diet strategy, strategies. I'm for, you know, you keep that 12 hours of intermittent of fasting. And if then you avoid all sugar... Eat whole foods, no trans fats. Eat food that is as little transformed as possible. I do think that's enough. But just to address some of these dietary strategies, so for example, we've got the keto diet. And by and what what is the keto diet? That's when we're eating a lot of protein, very little carbohydrate. And by the way, it does work. I'm not I'm not questioning if the goal is to lose weight. If you follow the keto diet, you will lose weight. So that's not the question. But the question is, is it good for you in the long run? No, it's not. You need carbohydrates, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of sport, if you're going to be doing endurance sport. You need carbohydrates. I don't like to um, rule out, I don't like any diet that rules out whole any sort of whole food. And bear in mind, with a lot of these diets, and the keto is definitely this, the keto diet was not designed to lose weight for the normal, healthy population. The keto diet is a diet, was a diet created by scientists to help obese men lose enough weight, morbidly obese men, lose enough weight so that they could at least be able to walk and exercise, and then they would be switched to a regular, normal diet with all the foods. Because these men were so big that they could not even walk, the keto diet was sort of a drastic measure just to get them down to a, a, a weight where they could move their bodies. And someone got a hold of this, wrote a book, or a few people have gotten a hold of this, written books, and now the general population is using this diet, and it's very unhealthy. That's not the intention of the diet. So if you are going to look at a diet, 
do a little research and see the origins, what that diet was actually intended for. Most likely it's not for you. Anyhow, I'll stop that. That's my little thing that it kind of makes me nuts. But anyhow, um, moving on to the next and really the last thing, and that's mental blocks. And honestly, isn't this psychological when we hit a plateau as well? Um, Really, when we think about it, the psychological aspect of hitting a plateau is really, it's really about losing motivation, isn't it? And staying motivated can be tough. Regularly reevaluate your fitness goals. Regularly take breaks and, and try new things. Try new physical activi- activities. And maybe you, you do new activities with people you know. That That's one way to, to find your motivation again. And I'm just going to touch on the impact of stress for staying motivated. Mental stress comes from factors like work, relationships, and finances. We all adapt to stress differently. Our natural cortisol production peaks in the morning and tapers throughout the day. However, when we are experiencing chronic stress, that will disrupt this balance. So too much or too little cortisol can hinder our fitness progress. So the goal then is to balance stress and recovery. So the one suggestion I I mean you know life is stressful and I you know I, I don't know what to tell you I can't I can't tell you or if you're stressed about something well don't be stressed that's not really the solution is it um but I can give you some tips one is um when you're feeling stressed start with some deep breathing exercises so when you're taking in those deep inhales followed by slow, controlled exhales, you are reducing your stress levels. I know it sounds silly, but if you try that, taking long, steady, deep inhales, followed by long, intentional exhales, you will reduce your stress levels, at least for that moment. You can especially do this before you start your workouts. And one way you can do that is that you maybe you can join a meditation group or take a yoga class. Um, and you do that right before you're going to do your workout, that could help. Also, I would say as far as nutrients, getting in more magnesium and zinc can also reduce stress levels. And lastly, and always, no matter what the problem is is when it concerns your mind and body, getting more quality sleep is always, always, always a good thing. And as such, Good quality sleep is the key to reducing stress and promoting healthy recovery. And yeah, I know that's a whole nother episode now, isn't it? How do well how do I get to sleep, Gil? I don't know. I have trouble sleeping too. But yeah, at least you know now. We have to get good quality sleep. Well, folks, that wraps up today's episode on navigating fitness plateaus. By the way, this is Motivational Monday. Remember, progress is not always a straight line, and setbacks are part of the journey. Implement these strategies, stay consistent, and watch as you break through those barriers. If you found today's episode helpful, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave me a review. I'll be back with more tips and insight to fuel your fitness adventure. Until next time, 
Stay strong and stay fit. I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.